Acts chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, Bible app. Um, on Wednesdays, first Wednesdays, we're going through the book of Acts. It's really important because Acts is the story of the church. First four books of the New Testament are Gospels, but the book of Acts is the only history book in the uh, New Testament, rather. And so uh, we're, we're going through it. The only thing is, the last time I brought a talk to you was two months ago from Acts chapter 2. I was going to bring this talk to you last first Wednesday, and I don't know how many of you were here, but I pulled into the parking lot and got one of my silent migraines. And um, in case this is way too much information, but just so you'll know, there's no headache associated with it. Um, it's just you have this aura, you can't see for a little bit, and the aura goes away, and then you get brain fog. And the problem for me is the brain fog. I could speak without the, you know, without being able to see all that clearly, but once that brain fog comes, I can't say words I want to say. So. I'm dangerous enough when I can say what I, what I want to say, and uh, so uh, unfortunately, one of the one of those hit, and just as church was beginning, and God bless Jonathan because I was still trying to clear up. Yeah. So he left to come out here and lead communion, and I said, "When you get back from communion, I'll tell you whether I can preach or not." Yeah, and so when he got through, I came back. I said, "I can't," and so. That meant he, he, was, he was preaching on the spur of the moment, but I thought he brought a great message. Uh, the last time you and I talked, we were in Acts chapter 2, and we were looking at the birth of the church. Acts chapter 2 is the story of Pentecost, and, and if you were here two months ago, I know that's been a long time ago, but what happened was on the day when the Holy Spirit came, uh, God was allowing the leaders of the church, there were only 120 of them at that point, he was allowing the apostles to preach, and it was kind of the reverse of what happened at Babel. At Babel, they were speaking the same language, and it got confused. At Pentecost, God allowed them to speak their own language, and, and it splayed out and became many languages. And it got kind of crazy because people were wondering, you know, what's going on? And so I said to you in that message, I don't think Peter knew he was preaching the first message in the history of the church. He was just explaining that they weren't drunk. And so he preached the first message at Pentecost, and at the end, thousands of people accepted Christ and got saved. So right now, I want us to go into Acts chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can look at that. Um, some people would look at the book of Acts and say that it is a book of transition. Um, because what it looks like is it looks like you're going from an ancient religion, Judaism, to a brand new religion, Christianity. But let me just state something that's really important for all of us to understand. God never acknowledges the existence of religions. That's pretty much, as I've told you many times, that's pretty much a man-made nomenclature. That's really a man-made word. God never acknowledges the existence of religions. In scripture, it's always the true God versus idols. And that's, that's, that's all the Bible ever offers. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible talks about Christians who turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. It doesn't say these people tried multiple religions and decided on Jesus. It says they turned from their idols to the true and living God. So whatever the world says, you have to understand that as far as scripture is concerned, there is no such thing as religions, just the true God and idols. That's all there is. But even though there really isn't such a thing as Christianity and Judaism, we're familiar with those terms. So let me just say this. It's really interesting that accepting the usage of those terms, there would be no Christianity without Judaism. 
because you understand that when you hold a Bible in your lap or in your hands, the first 39 books is the Hebrew Bible. And so if you took those 39 books out of the Bible, the, the other 27 wouldn't make any sense. And so if you had Christianity but no Judaism, you would have fulfillment. This is really strong. Let me say it slowly. You would have fulfillment without promise. In other words, you would have something happen, but it wouldn't be the answer to any promise or prophecy that God made. So really, you would have no Christian Bible if you didn't have the Jewish Old Testament. And by the same token, I would make the point that there is no Judaism without Christianity.